Joel's still a rookie bitch. Oh, I see. There, there. <laughs> it comes out. The chef rivalry. I, I, I see That's how, how I wanted to start this episode, with tension between chefs. So it's Okay, perfect. I think that each time we make fun of each we're, other, we should remove our article of clothing. We're, we're fighting. We're in a fight Are you now. videoing we're, we're in a fight. us? No, we're in a fight. It's fine. We're in a fight. <laughs> I hope you like being in a fight with me, because I, we I, are in it. I this can't is, take another by fight, by, Joel. By the, way, by the way, this is our first fight ever. <laughs> Joel, I can't take this. Guys, we got, we got two hot-headed hot chefs in the house. This is what happens. Tensions rise. <laughs> well, also, we're like sitting across from each other, yeah. which is very confrontational, yeah, no, I feel. No, no, I, like. I, I feel like we have something to hash out. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, Joel does have more tattoos, so is that like a dominance thing in the I don't know in, if in I do, chef's actually. World? Yeah, you, you do. do. No, I do. Well, I have... Well, you, yeah, because you have one on your chest too, don't you? Or is it just your arms, really? No, you, you, I know. I've seen you without your shirt. Oh, guys, Joel's lifting his. Wait, let me see is, your. Let me see your that chest my face. Was that? Did that look like me a little bit? <laughs> that dude. That's actually a pretty nice. Joel has a very serious chest piece that looks like it's like two. That's newer though. Right? It's like two elk colliding in space. Is this, are they space No, elk? you're looking at this all wrong. Okay. That's me and Joel oh, right. That's coming you. together Butting over heads. a beautiful union. You're either about to kiss or you're about to headbutt. That's our relationship to That's, a team. Yeah, there actually. it is. Actually, the tattoo well, is a metaphor for fertility. Before, before we go further, let's introduce our guest. Today we have uh, Chef Ted Hobson of The Bellwether and of My Dreams. There we go. It's kind of weird when Joel calls me chef, to be honest. Is it? I, I, I like to do it because it, it, it really like freaks him out. Like He'll text me and I'll text him like, we chef. And he'll be like, what? Yeah, what are you he doing? does actually. I and feel like, like that's a please sign. Do, of, please don't call me chef. I feel He's like, like that's we, a sign of like, respect, oh. isn't it? <laughs> but Joel doesn't respect me. So okay, it's <laughs> right there it is. I, I respect you in a very different way. <laughs> very, very different way. I mean, when you're like chef friends, I feel like it must be hard for you guys to like hang out on the regular. Like comedians, it's like <laughs> the last few weeks. <laughs> comedians, it's like you see the it's same people at shows. It does become. It becomes a clusterfuck of like, dude, I can't make it, or right. like, yeah. hey, what about tomorrow? And then it's like, oh, by the way, oh, my tasting got pushed up. I got to do this, or it's right, like yeah. this happened. I have a meeting with this guy, so like we try to set plans probably once a week. Yeah, and I would roughly. say that we like we we meaning I break them right <laughs> once I've every other them week. A couple of times, but you de- yeah. you definitely are the. I've been on a streak I, lately. You're, you're busier than I am, though. I mean, we're both busy guys. Well, it's just you bullshit. Have, I just sit at home more. usually, yeah. but I just don't want to see you. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I got I, this I, thing. I got a you thing. I can't make it. This thing just came up. He's just at home you know doing I'm, nothing. I'm glad I installed that camera in your house because this <laughs> just confirms everything I've seen. Um, I, you know, but I think to go back to it, the good part of being chef buddies, though, is like what's good is Joel and I, the re- our restaurants are about the same size. He's, right. You know. Culver City is a bit more of a hot spot than Studio City. Right? Okay, yeah, but, but it's good. It a hot spot, baby. But it's good because we talk about business so much, like yeah. almost. I mean, almost daily in yeah. some well, it's ways. Like, like, it's, we, we talk, it's like we talk a, a lot of a lot of being chef friends. Honestly, is about talking about like the viability yeah. of what you're doing at num- and num- talking numbers. shit on other chefs. And to- it's just oh, like no, it's just we like don't comedy. do that. No, no. It's just like comedy. You talk about the industry no, and you we talk shit on other people. Never we don't do talk that. shit about chefs at all. Yeah. You don't uh, you don't you don't talk shit about chefs because um it's wrong. Right, right. And, Morally um, and because like the community is I so have small. no morals. Joel Joel is a man of strong moral fiber. I, I just want to say that. Moral um, conviction no, but like it's something like we text each other like on a Saturday, like, oh my god, I was slammed today. Like, how are you? And right. vice versa. Like, sometimes I'll have slow days and I'll text Joel and be like, dude, we were so slow. He'd be like, we were too. Right. Because sometimes it's nice to know that like you're not alone. No, yeah, I know. It, <laughs> you know it, it is mean? definitely one of those. Because right. like, you're we're out going there toiling in this, sh- in this ship together. Right. Yeah. It would yeah. be the same as if you had like a rough set and you text your friend like, 
I fucking ate shit on stage tonight. And then, you know, you're looking for like maybe a little comfort. And you're like, totally. yeah, I totally b- uh, boffed that joke. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would say boffed. boffed? I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> the standard another, industry term. Just another word for fucked? Like I, I really boffed that up. I fucked that up. Yeah, but, yeah, but it sounds like something your grandma or grandpa would say. Like, yeah. what? Does it? Like boff, really? Let's actually, let's actually talk about that for a second. You I want to talk about grandparents? Yes. Let's talk about. No, I want to talk about like the. <laughs> the the interesting like and sometimes violent language like comedians if you if you have a bad set you're like I ate shit I ate a dick and like you know Joel sh- eats my dick sh- all the time <laughs> <laughs> I feel like chefs are always like we got destroyed we got slammed well, I mean there's like always in in every industry there's code words like right. you're like we were in the weeds or you know we were I, in the you shits. know I love jargon. Who doesn't like jargon? <laughs> well, I mean, we were talking about Valentine's Day today, and right. it was like, oh, I was in the weeds at 8.30, and yeah. then, you know, I was fucking pissed after that. Like, I was telling Joel that I was really pissed off yesterday for so, really and, no good and, reason. And, right. so, and so was I for really no good yeah, reason. Yeah, I mean, was like, it because it, it was Valentine's it has, Day? No, it has nothing to do, I mean, I mean, maybe. for me, like, it's a little bit of that, but I also, like, it's I had... It's in the back of your mind whenever there's a holiday. And I had made some stupid mistakes that, like, I got mad about, so yeah. then, instead of me taking the responsibility, I just vented on someone <laughs> right. that I well, see. Well, like, that's your prerogative. As, there a, she as is the executive the chef, room. here's me making mistakes, and there's my partner doing a good job. I'm gonna be pissed at her now. Like, hey, come over here so I can tell you I'm pissed at you. Right? You're very honest, Dad. You're nah, very, very no, honest. This, this isn't aired, right? The, I mean, this, yeah, this, this is, is not gonna uh, hear this, right? This, we're, this is not being posted on the internet. This is just for us. We're gonna listen no, to, we'll it listen later. to it later. And we're gonna laugh and yeah. laugh. Yeah. We'll be played at our reunion next year. But oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're in a shitty mood. I mean, you have a whole kitchen crew that you can you can vent on. Well, that's a, well, well it's not only that, but I have a whole liquor store that I could vent on yeah. too in the office. Well, there's, it's, oh. that's the good thing about being at the top is that like when you get upset, it, it's like warranted. That no matter what the scenario is, but if anyone else is upset, there it's like you're. But also, you have so much to worry. For no you have reason. so much to worry about. Like, a comedian has to worry about like lots of stuff in your, your career, but like at the end of the day, the act is just you on stage. Like a chef, it's like you're like in charge of like a. A battalion. Yeah, I think the difference also about being a chef, I think that chefs are very much control freaks. Right. I think that we <laughs> always have a level of immaturity, not just like social maturity, like making dick jokes, but like emotional By immaturity. Way, Hilarious. Yeah, dick but jokes like, are, you have I've, to have them. I think that chefs, because of that, because the pressure you have, I mean, we, Joel and I are both in open kitchen, so people are always looking at you. There's right, always yeah. a bit of pressure there. I think sometimes, like, the way you vent that pressure is you, like, you lash out. So, like, I was telling Joel again, yesterday I was mad. I took, like, a plate, the whole plate, everything, like, chuck it in the trash. Oh, shit. And everyone just, like, you know, my cooks just go to <laughs> right. work. They the runners they just put their, put their heads, heads down, down and they, and they just keep working. Because, chef like, is having an episode. Yeah, like, chef's having a temper tantrum yeah, right I mean, now. So just give him a few minutes and he'll be fine. Was, was, it, was it that? one of your sous chefs or whoever had prepared something poorly and you wanted to show them that or were you just like look I don't rage from I don't really want to talk about it too much but I made a mistake okay (laughs) you made a mistake it was my fault we don't need to talk anymore about that okay it's very rare there was a mistake that was made okay and I was mad about it for me and I was mad at everyone else that I was looking at just because there was a mistake made that somehow randomly occurred somehow it's it's really their fault for existing in your world (laughs) yeah like that's the way I see it when I get mad it's like it's not me it's everybody else that wants to be here too it's the equivalent of the comedian blaming the crowd where you have a rough set you're like, like oh, that, that, crowd that crowd was so, shit. Man, that, that was so like, shitty for, you know for us though there is this, like for us and, and Carl like we have like a performance aspect of our kitchen well you guys are in open kitchens you're out there you're, you're so the there star actually the show. is that underlying thought in the back of my mind like we gotta we gotta look good we gotta perform oh totally you know totally. like your kitchen it, I don't think I've ever seen anything cleaner anything in my life 
ever than Ted's Kitchen. Damn. Ever. It, Damn, it, it, that is, is a ringing endorsement. No, no, no. I stand by that. Because I, we get we get 98s. We have a clean kitchen. We have a nice, organized, good <laughs> Paltry good 98. I know, a paltry <laughs> 98. <laughs> Ted, Ted gets a hundreds on his LA health inspections, which is Every time. just wow. unfucking believable Does that come from the fact that you're like a meticulous, clean person in your personal life and you carry that over? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you re- could you repeat the question? Yeah. We, we were just, we just went and got lunch, and we were in his car. And it, it, it I, took the, laun- I took I the laundry out of my car yesterday. You guys got lucky. <laughs> I think the county health board would give that a C grade. That car. Oh god. Yeah. Did you see the it's old menus on like the bottom spotless. with like rotted persimmons on the menus? And shit. Just, so you're it's just, like a matter you're of just drying them out, man. Don't say rotted. It's like a matter <laughs> of pride for your restaurant. Then. Yeah. I mean. Uh, am I a meticulously clean person at home? No, no not at all. No, no. In fact, my wife sees the restaurant sometimes, and it's like, why don't you do this at home? I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Why would I you know? do that? Yeah, that's what you're there for. Like, that's, that's work. I don't yeah. want to work all the time. Yeah, like if people drop like a leaf of lettuce on the, the right. ground at my work, I sit there and I just stare right, at it right. with like intensity until, until five people go fix it, it. My wife is like, you drop shit all the time at home and don't even bother to pick it up. I'm like, that's at home. It's different. <laughs> for, for, for the space that, that Ted has and, and, how, and how open it is, because it's it's not like 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 my kitchen or Carl works. You know, we work together, and it's not like our restaurant where we're elevated, you know, considerably higher up, and our expediting pass is much higher than a traditional like table. Mm-hmm. Like you can when you walk in, and if you sat at their bar, you can you see the floors. Yeah, you see the floors of their kitchen. Okay, and, and yeah, you can. And there can't with, be shit all over. And, the and with no, they have no mats either. So they, no, the no floor, mats. The floor no, they get has dirty. to be clean. Wow. He use it. He ha- he finished the floor. Um. The right way in epoxy, in, in yeah. epoxy yeah. Um, instead of having tiles or something right, like right, that, right. which which we have, which I despise, but it yeah. is what it is. It was an existing restaurant that we that we flipped, um, which hides the dirt better, but you still have to maintain it. Obviously, yeah. people are looking. You don't want to have a dirty floor. They're they're sitting there watching you cook. It yeah. would be weird if it was gross around. I you. mean, it, be like I went to a restaurant once with one of my old bosses saying um we used to go on like food trips around the u.s for here and there so we went to this restaurant that had an open kitchen right we ordered all this food and we're sitting there and then we look up and we're looking at the kitchen and it's just like filthy it's filthy like name names name names what are we talking about okay um but like their pans are covered in carbon. They have like uh, old bain marie's and like dirty good. water. You see, like they have boxes that are like oh, halfway it's open. Like and everything, like, no, nothing's no. labeled. We're, or some we're shit watching like them cook for five minutes, and finally we were like, "Hey, you know what? Cancel our order. We're just going to take a cocktail and we're going to go. We we have to catch a taxi wow. to my mom's house yeah, or whatever. Wow. You know, you, it is a very. But it, it's like it's, a, it's, it's such a, a turnoff. It's an un- it's a very unappealing thing to a di- to a diner or to a diner. It's unappealing when yeah. you notice it because there's a lot of people that just go yeah, they and they just don't give a fuck. They walk and they go, "Oh, that's cute," and they sit down their table and they look at their table and they talk to their companions yeah. like, like people should and they don't give a fuck what's going on but some people really 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 care especially when they see that it's that open they're there to scrutinize it almost right. and, and it, then it becomes like this this like weird overwhelming feeling it's uh well, I mean, you know, for us, like Joel said, my kitchen is a bit more open. People sit there just like a sushi bar, right? Different right. from the Wallace. Um, but a lot of people comment like, it's like dinner and a show because they also listen to us talking all the right. time. And, you know, we talk about people. We make jokes with each other. Like when you're busy, you're busy. But right. when you're in that medium, like in a good rhythm, but not slammed yet, like you could joke around. Right. And we do. Yeah. And so people always sit there and they like laugh. Like you guys are so fun to listen to. And it's like, whatever. Dinner and a show, people, man. You got to be on. Too. But yeah, but people always say like, like it's like dinner and a show. Again, and like we have joined in a happy birthday like yeah. song or something like that. Oh, like we sing all yeah. like we'll sing songs sometimes and like 
I'll like my CDC John Cho. Like I'll hug him and I'll dance with him. Like while I sing to him. And shout out to him. John Cho. I got shout out to John shout Cho. Out to John shout out to John. John. And like, but people, I gotta come to the bellwether. This sounds like, fucking adorable. Like I'll turn around and people will be like looking at us and just like laughing. And I'm like, what? Like I love him. Like what could I say? Like yeah. it's just men loving men. There's That's nothing great. wrong with that. There is nothing. Uh, well, wrong well, let me ask you this: gender is established. No fucking gender neutral here. As long as I'm in the dominant role. As long as we know that they're men. I, I, well, let me ask you this, because you started you started out this podcast by saying how you are a pro, but you, you oh yeah uh, did I I don't he oh, said that no, 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 bullshit <laughs> you're like oh I've been on Food Network do you oh, think, yeah, do you think your experience being on Food Network being in front of cameras has changed the way that you act when you're being watched by people no. in your open kitchen no I think the first time I was on TV I was uh, like filming I was super super nervous about okay. it like oh was my this god for Top, what Chef? I, Top Chef Masters right, yeah Top Chef Masters. Um, and I was super nervous about, it. like, what do I do? But, you know, I've, I've been cooking for a lot of years. I mean, most right. chefs have. And so you're nervous about it. And then all of a sudden you start cooking and right. you forget like, about all of it. Right. You, and you I think, fall back into Yeah, and I think being shocked into not like a game show or something like that where it's a little bit like, you know, on, on a show like Masters, you know, there's cameras all over you. Like, right. you're cooking. There's cameras right in up your in your face. Day. And they're asking you questions, yeah, but like, like being like, "Hey, look, look up, say something." Right. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, they're, 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 like they're, 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 "Hey, I'm trying to work." Ask, they're, they're, they're ask, ask Joel what he's making. Yeah, ask Joel what he's making. And yeah. um, but I think going from never doing it to then doing that, I got over that fear of cameras in like ten minutes. Because yeah, then after yeah. that, like all the episodes I was on, you just ignore cameras. And so I don't think that they changed who I was. I think it, I was able to be myself. Right. More. You get more comfortable. Totally. And so now, it, like, yeah, it changes you a little bit. Yeah. Like, and you're more confident when it comes. I'm to definitely. This, like, I'm comfortable people. in front of camera. Yeah, now. I'm comfortable in front of camera. Yeah. Like when we did the cruise, like in yeah, front of a, right. we yeah. were, we, we had to do a cruise and we were doing culinary demos. It was like 700 people in an auditorium, just like looking at you. I'm not an. Did actor you guys have headsets on? We did. Hell yeah. yeah. We did. We were Hell like, yeah. we were I was, like Madonna. I was the Britney Spears. Who was <laughs> if you look Madonna. here, I'm gonna saute this up yeah. real quick. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so you've done, we've done things that like a lot, of, like some people just don't have the opportunity to do, just yeah. be in front of cameras or be in front of large groups of people. I mean, you, you know, like. Comedy you know, runs right. the gamut between being in front of thirty people and right. possibly being in front of an exactly. auditorium full of yeah. people. Um, so it definitely changes changes you a little bit. But it, like I was never impacted in front of the camera. Like I was nervous before right. you I just went do on what camera. You, you just do it. But you like do. after a couple minutes, I was just like, yeah, I'm doing. I'm here to do yeah. what I do, what about, like, and I know I'm good at it. So I'm just gonna do it as best I can. And what about see what like happens. the move, like the trend to open kitchens? Because that's been like a thing in like the last ten years, right? I think. I it's, think Philip Franklin Lee invented that. I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I'm, remember him I'm, saying I'm that. Gonna re- I'm gonna remain mum on <laughs> delete on, that on delete everything. That. Um, uh, you know, I when I worked at the Water Grill in downtown, I was there for six years. Okay, and a, it was a, a classic glass, downtown. Yeah, it was a glass power seafood kitchen, establishment, right? Which I do um, appreciate. Yeah, and so it was. It was a glass wall kitchen, and I remember working so there. So you can and thinking, scream curses and slurs, but you have to look. Good. I did plenty of that, <laughs> um, but I remember thinking like, I never want to be in an open kitchen. This is as much as I would want. Right. And then when I took over at Luxon, um, which is an open kitchen. I realize that, that there's a connection that you have now between the chef and the diner. Like for so many years, I think chefs are behind that wall yep. and you, not even chefs, cooks, as a cook, mm-hmm. you are making food for your right. chef. You're not it's interacting leaving, with the, the And guests. you never see what happens. You don't see people smile. You yeah. don't see someone say it's good. Right. You don't see the, the reaction. Right. You don't the have the runner will feedback. come tell the chef like table 42 says they love the right. lobster or whatever. But that's it. So when I was at Luxor, I, I realized that there's this connection now between my guys working Gar Manger and the people eating right there who look up and were like, this is amazing. Right. Thank you. And and for me, it made this connection now of 
connecting that that disconnected experience I had as a cook to what people can have now. I think it's definitely and more so, meaningful for a younger yeah. cook nowadays. Right. Yeah, you get that so, instant feedback. Someone's sitting there telling you, I fucking love I this, and you, you just yeah. I think it. you just be the feeling of being involved in the actual experience of the diner makes them feel like they're contributing even if they're not getting praised. Right, Because right. usually if you're a younger cook, you don't you know, get a pat on the back really ever. Well, yeah, you're just you're toiling in shit, a back room and you know? you're never getting any direct feedback. Yeah, but at, at the restaurant, people always come up to the pass and, oh, thank you for the dinner. It was right, great. Right. And I always try to turn around and be like, hey, you and know, that these feels guys good. are the I, one I, cooking. When, you when know? they come up to the pass and they ask who the chef is, I always point at somebody else. Yeah, me I too. always go, oh, I go, it's this guy. Or I go, yeah. it's this girl. Or it's this guy. <laughs> they're like, who are you? Point to it, runner. I'm going to go wash dishes right now. When someone ever wants to talk to talk to me and they're like, oh, table like whatever wants to talk to you, I'm like, okay, cool. Ryan, go take care of it. Go out there. Right. Yeah. So I think it it gives, you know, it gives acknowledgement to the guys who are really doing the work that they never got previously. So that's what I really like about the open kitchens is it it does kind of bridge that gap that has it, been I such mean, a big gap. It, do, it definitely does take away the aspect. Uh, um, like some people just like when they sit down and they eat their meal, they just they get their food and there's you you can't put a face to it. And if they even if they can't see you, they know that. That your their meal collectively was a team effort. Right. They, they can, can see, see the team they working. They can see lots of people working, right. and they know it's not just like, oh, I got this, and some one, and right. one person made it's it. It's more connected to where it. it came from. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, what I love about comedy, you know, like live comedy, it's instant feedback. Like that energy is like why. Yeah, I wish I could hear someone like eat something, and go mmm, and rub well, their that's belly. The thing. <laughs> if, if someone's if someone's <laughs> sitting at the bar of your open kitchen and you see them fucking loving what you just made, like that has to feel way better than just you sending plates away and. Yeah, you but know. I think yeah. we don't focus more on that. I focus more on like the customers that I can see. Well, you're that less don't needy. Don't look fucking happy oh, at all. Well, of and course. I'm just like, why the fuck don't they like this? I know it's good. I mean, oh, I do that too i'm like someone go talk to, to k9 yeah, no, no, they're not like, eating they right now like they're eating it fast enough like especially people with desserts i'm like why aren't they eating well, that we talked just we there. talked about this in the first episode that the mind of the comic and the chef is is so like insecure that like all you focus on is the one person not enjoying it like there could be a whole crowd of people laughing or loving their meals but you're, you're focusing on that one table or crowd member who their arms are crossed and they, they have a sh- like a shitty expression they're like what the fuck is that person's problem I actually don't want to talk about my insecurities so if we could just <laughs> if we could just move on to the next to- topic uh, I like your t-shirt Joel <laughs> I like your t-shirt Ted it's white just like yeah, Ted I look like a cook right now you, you, no you look just like a model. Oh yeah. You look like a male model. We've reached the portion where they're just going to compliment each other for 10 minutes. You have minutes. such beautiful eyes. You have really nice facial hair. Guys, they you don't see get that to I, see each other a lot. You Let see them that have I, this. I, I trimmed my beard so I look more like you. I like that your hair isn't receding too much. It's the appropriate amount. Oh, I thought we wow. just talked about my Uh-oh. insecurities, bro. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. We're right back into Ted, it. Ted, Fuck. Ted, I'm, I'm right there with you, bud. That's why I wore the hat. You guys both have uh, like a pretty strong chef beard going right now. Uh, I, mean, I didn't used to have mine. Then Joel was like, "You should grow a beard." I was I like, "I should I grow a beard." That. I just think you, you did. did it. Yeah, yeah, you did. I actually shaved because I want to be more like you. You and should you get. You should get a chest piece me. that that's reindeer colliding in outer space. That's what you should get. But not in outer space. What do you mean should? should. <laughs> Maybe I have. <laughs> you just pull it down. It's Joel's face. <laughs> Mine's on my ass. Though. <laughs> oh, damn it! You took what I wanted to say. Yeah. See, this is. Wait, so wait. What, what what was the story behind that chess piece? Let's talk about Joel's tattoos more. No, you know, no, no, we don't have. I mean, uh, you can if you. Well, really I just I want to know. I want to know where that came from. <laughs> like you can, but I, I think it's so irrelevant to like what's going on. 
Chef tattoos. Chef um, tattoos. I mean, you we can, I mean, I don't have actually a whole lot of chef tattoos. Okay. Like I have like the ones that I got when I was young. Oh, yeah. Ted, do you have any culinary tattoos? Do you have the pig that's quartered up into different parts? Uh, no. What idiot would get butcher diagrams tattooed <laughs> on them like they don't know how to do it already? Oh, shit. Joel has a cow and a pig. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's two of the three chef tattoos I have. Uh, Bring it. No. Do a Bring lot of chefs up. get those tattoos like when they're in culinary school? I, I no. I, I mean, got this after I learned how to break things down. Look, when, I, I, when I when I actually started learning how to, but I don't. I and I and it was premature towards the entire outcome. Even right. if it's overplay a tattoo, I still like it. Like I've still thought about getting it. Not that I'm like going to run out and get it now, but I I see nothing wrong with it. I mean, yeah, a lot of people have it, but no, it doesn't I mean, make you know, it bad. People have like chef knives. Yeah. And people have other things. Yeah. I mean, they're like it's it's. I think it's very normal for a chef yeah. to have some kind of chef tattoo. I think some people go a little overboard yes. with how many they have or how like in your face they are. Like, but you know, I, I try right. not to. It's like, we don't need a severed unicorn head. <laughs> I do have a severed unicorn head. The only food one I have really is I have a pomegranate on a tattooed on my arm, but it's not meant for food. It's more meant for the mythology part of it. Yeah. What is, what is the mythology? Cause I've definitely seen pomegranate tattoos. Oh, so uh, in the myth of Persephone, okay. um, she was trapped by Hades, right? Um, and and, then and when she comes back, it's the spring. Part of, yeah, so part of her release, uh, um, like you know, Zeus says, Hades, release her. You right. have to. He's like, okay, I'll let her go. On her way out, he Hades, gives her such a, a rascal, yeah, such a fucking rascal. He basically gives her a pomegranate to eat. Like, oh, here, take this on your way out. And she like eats. I think the myth is like three seeds or something like that. Okay. And then he's like, ha ha, now you're forever trapped because you mm. ate something. And so that's you know part of the myth is that's like the the seasons or the cycles is like she's the bringer of life kind of half the year and and also the the queen of hades the other half of the year so it's kind of the duality of man the lightness the darkness exactly exactly so you're you're just a big hades fan uh my daughter's name is persephone oh there we go (laughs) my oldest daughter yeah satan just like i fucking love mythology that's actually a a great name i do like mythology as well but i I have a cerberus tattoo it's on, my, it's on my butt. Nice. Yeah. Could you show me? The, you, you want all the heads you, of your butt. mouth yeah, is your asshole. The head is. <laughs> oh, I bet I could. I bet you could. What was uh like? What was your like original impetus to be like? I I think I'm gonna like become a chef. Wow, deep questions. Yeah. That is, no, that is a very like, um, shit. Just got real. Yeah, I know. I'll bring it, it right quiet. back. I'll bring it right back to realness. Um, you know, I think for me, like I, you know, my family w- is Italian. Um, I grew up with a very kind of ethnic grandmother, so there's always oh, yeah. I tell people, like most every ethnic grandmother that exists, like she cooked and right. cleaned all day. So okay. I grew up very much immersed in that world of food. Um, when I was in high school, I started working in the food world, um, and just as a job, I went to university. And when I was there, like again, I was working in restaurants the whole time because it was just a, it was work that I enjoyed doing, um, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do when like my real life like when right. i get older how am i going to become a millionaire type thing right and so i just I thought that. yeah i thought one time i was like you know what i love cooking i'm just going to do that instead of were you working like on the line at yeah. that point like yeah. in college yeah yeah i was okay. um and so i just thought like you know i like cooking i'm, I'm going to do that and i called my parents and i was like i think i'm just gonna i'm gonna be a chef that's what i want to do and um you know they were both you know 
fine with it. Were you but, studying something else at the time in college? Yeah, yeah. I have and a double like, major. Fuck in whatever this is. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> smart. Fuck. I have a I have double major in math and English and a minor in religious studies. Damn. Um, and then so yeah. Anyway, I decided I wanted to cook, and my parents were like, hey, as long as you try, do your best you can. Like that's great. So finished college, then I went to culinary school, and obviously now I'm sitting here in a living room. Hell yeah! So well, it looks like <laughs> it looks like you've made it. Yeah, big leagues now. I'm doing Damn TV. Right. I'm but, doing um, podcasts. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm Masters doing podcasts. But I mean, I that like the original impetus of how I became a chef is I think the combination of all that, like growing up around food, right. enjoying working with food, kind of when I was, and not really knowing the other career path I wanted. Things just fell into place, and you know, you really, I think, any successful chef has a big passion for what we do. You, you have, have to, to, right? Yeah. You know, the hours. I mean, Joel and I were talking earlier. The hours Brutal. we work, and it. It doesn't necessarily you you think when you're a cook it'll get better when I become a chef because right. you see your chef at work less but in reality the chef is working more just doing other work right. yeah other shit so was, was there ever because it wasn't for me but was there ever like a one like romantic moment about about food or cooking or something that you, you say there remember? wasn't for you no there was no oh. because for me it was very much just about like like I I like you know putting my head down and working hard mm -hmm. and like stuff like that there was no romance involved with it it was okay. all just very like I understand this and like it was I, practical I, and, wasn't I, and, and I and I like it like I there was just a it was like a math problem to me like but a lot of people have like these like very like long drawn out stories of just like I remember when I went uh, like uh, traveling abroad and I tasted hummus for the first time or some shit like that like do you have like one of those romantic <laughs> moments because I I just don't. Um, yes and no. Like, you know, growing up Tell around us about the first time you had hummus. <laughs> yeah. Growing up around food, like, I think my childhood was really composed of those moments. Like, I didn't realize the food childhood I had until I got older and looked back. You were and, lucky. When I was growing up, yeah. I, all I wanted was, like, a big Italian family. Like, you'd see in the movies where there's, like, 12 people at the table, and they're, well, like, gesturing wildly, <laughs> drinking wine. Yeah. Like, That's what I want. He Come is over. the king of gesturing That's wildly. Oh, what? <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, I didn't realize that, that I had that childhood until, like, I was, you know, almost probably in my 30s. And, and, and people you, were talking about, like, oh, right, I grew, grew up, up farming this and that. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, we had 70 tomato plants in the backyard. But, like, who didn't, you know? Wait, Like, yes, I spent, yeah. I was wow. like, yes, I spent my summers drying tomatoes and canning tomatoes. But, like, for me, it was so normal that I didn't realize it was a very chefy thing to do right. until people also were talking about it. I was like, well, yeah, I did that. But, like. All my cousins did. Was this you like? Know? Was this at the direction of your grandmother? Or was it yeah. like your whole? Yeah, my grandmother. So she's growing tomatoes. She's yeah. She's yeah. just like doing um, making doing your own wine. No, we, no, we didn't make our own. Where, where did you grow up? In Upland, California. Okay. It's it's here. Um, but anyway, so the romantic moment I think for me wasn't so much the food part because I was already really grew up with that. I remember being um, in college. And I wanted to work at this restaurant, um, and it was the first like kind of fine dining restaurant I had I had wanted to work at, and I the chef brought me in for a stage, so I basically you know fucked around for an hour, and then he told me just watch the line. I remember watching four guys work this. It was like a twenty foot hotline, watching them work and just thinking it was the most romantic thing I ever saw because like because they're killing they're, it. They're like... barely talking, but the synergy of them moving together, the way they were twisting and turning and closing drawers with their feet and seasoning steaks like and the dance. I literally wrote an essay for culinary school years later about <laughs> it being a ballet. Like to me, it was watching the ballet as I felt so romanticized about it because I'm watching it and it was just 
I watched them for probably five hours work the surfs where they, I don't know how many covers they did, but it was more than I had ever seen done. And they were just crushing it. And like I said, it was just so beautiful to me that like they would call out orders. They get called back. Things just happen. Like, I don't know how that guy just made the ravioli down there, but all of a sudden it's up in the past and it looks fucking gorgeous. You know, I didn't see it happen, but I saw him spinning a lot. And I was like, (laughs) I think at that moment I was like, Wow, like I want to do that. That could be me spinning. I want to spin like a ballerina, you know. <laughs> and um, you have. Thank you. You're welcome. You um, are so but yeah, I think that was. But do that you was remember? Do you remember when then you were on that line and you were in it? Did you have like the awareness of like now I'm doing it, like I'm doing the spin, like look I, at me, I fucking did it. I think I I'm took. In the dance. I took a much more aggressive path to being a chef You're at like, a certain point. Dance. Like no, not that, but like I was much more of like the. I mean, Joel could confirm this. I was much more of the dominatrix of oh, the. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Like oh, when I when I started working the line, I didn't think of myself as the ballet dancer. I was more like the born in China shop. Like I was a phenomenal cook. I still could probably be a pretty good cook. I mean, that's how you that's, become that's a chef. The way, that's the way I feel. Right? I, mean, I feel like any but chef like, feels that they are absolutely I, the best cook anywhere. I dominated <laughs> the hotline. Like people used to be terrified when I was like a sous chef of working next to me because like I, I, took I would same, pick up my station I'd pick up their station they would stand there and I'd be like I'll fucking move, I'll fucking cook it scoot I, the fuck damn. over and like I would just dominate so I think that They're like this pomegranate guy kills yeah, it I didn't have the pomegranate back then okay. I just, yeah. um, he was just the guy yeah it was just it was just that tech guy but like I, I really dominated hotlines and I like I still talk with people I was a line cook with and they're still scared and they you. still laugh they're like oh yeah like you were you were like a a tornado of disaster awesomeness because like I didn't fuck up but the, the disaster was I would just destroy everything in my path right. you know because to me it's like that single minded focus of like I'm cooking tonight on this station everything's gonna come up perfect on time and I'm gonna do your shit too just to prove to all you fuckers that's, I'm better than you that's wow. the same mentality that I took I most t- chefs I, have I, that I mean I you, you take that mentality of even though I was just a line cook and yeah. after being in it for a few years and just knowing like wherever you go that you could pick something up and, and do it like I would just go in there and they'd be like okay you're one of the line cooks I'd be like no fuck that I am the best line cook and yeah. I will make sure everybody knows I'll finish my prep fast I'll help everybody else out I won't eat family meal or I'll make family meal and I'll make sure all my tickets come out fast I would work a station by myself even if other people needed two people to work that station Damn. I did absolutely yeah. everything possible to let everybody else know that I not only did I think I was better than them but that I actually was fucking better than them wow yeah, I think that most good chefs have gone through that period. I think I mean, it wasn't you have to. It wasn't to like until, assert your dominance you, because yeah. the line is such a crazy. It wasn't place. until it, much it later that I became you. more of the ballerina. Yeah. Then I started to develop less aggressiveness and more of the finesse of cooking. Like now, I think I'm much more finesse than I was years ago. Like okay. I noticed it myself, um, and I think my cooks noticed it. Like when I work the line now, like I definitely, I definitely still am a great cook. Um, you know, I don't think I'm as arrogant as I used to be to say like I'm the best right. in the world, but I'm still a great cook. But I'm also like I'm a very effective cook, you know. And I definitely am a lot more graceful than I used to be. Um, Maybe a, so, a spin here and there. Oh, I still spin like crazy, you know. <laughs> um, but I think that you know, to me, like cooking is a very passionate thing. I'm obviously a very passionate person, um, and so for me, cooking like I try to embrace that and really let it come out as as best I can, and so. You know, I think it's it makes it part of the fun. Damn. 
I remember when I when I first learned the dance, I didn't like I didn't see it first. Right, you I were just, in it. I just one day noticed that like when I started working with with partners that we would just moved around each mm-hmm. other in a certain way, right. and, I, and like there was no wasted movement. Like like in basketball, you have a pivot foot, right? It's the same thing in a kitchen, especially if you're working back to back where you cook and plate. Like you just move around on one right. foot. You don't waste movements. You reach really far uh, away from the microphone, and <laughs> you go back to it, and. Uh, it's it's and it becomes it becomes second nature. But then you realize that you have this like fluidity and movement that you didn't realize before. And I just one day I was just like, holy shit! Like, like I'm dancing, baby. I, like everything's I'm dancing. Hit, like nothing's being dropped. Nothing's being fucked up. Everything's being passed. Like if I needed something, it's like right there next to me because my partner and me have this like we have a communication that's not necessarily silent, but it's not necessarily like aggressively abrasive right. where you're just screaming at each other, trying yeah. to like get something done. And the more and more you build up a rapport with somebody, the easier it becomes. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, obviously when you work with the same crew, you, you establish that flow, but like coming in as a new guy on the line, that must be hard. Cause not only do you want to like show that you're really good and you've deserved to be there, well, but then you're always, not part of the dance yet. someone that's there to fucking fuck you over, man. Yeah, I think... Well, well, that's, that's the other thing. The other guys are trying to dominate too. Yeah, I mean, new people are always more timid though. No right. new person is going to try to be that and, good. And they shouldn't you know? be. Before you, yeah. before you lead, you got to know how to follow. Right. Yeah. As, as said by... I think... Yeah, uh, I think that it solves Game itself. Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right, of course. I, I think that it solves itself for the most part. Like, like Joel was saying, there's a, a, a girl that I cooked with and she works with me now... We've worked together for 11 years and we were line cooks together for five years. And then I was a Sue and she was a cook for a few years. And she's worked at, I think, four or five restaurants with me. Um, she works in the front of the house now, but every once in a while she'll still help me in the kitchen. And when she does, you're right back in the old it's, it's funny. Like she's do, she'll do events with me. And, it, and it's funny to me that, like, we don't need to talk to each other at all because you cook side by side with someone for so many years. Like, she just, like, I know if I go this way, she's going to go that way. And I could reach around her here and then she'll go this way. Right. And, like, I, we don't say, and it's funny. I'm like, after all these years of us not cooking together, really, I mean, we haven't cooked together on a line for probably four years now. Um, but when we do, it's like it was 10 years ago, you know? So yeah, it's good. Fuck. Yeah. God, that, that sounds so fun. It's like, it's like, it, it it's one of those fun. things when that like someone it, who's it's never fun when you're, when you're in it and everything's going right. Right. Well, of course <laughs> it's not yeah. fun when you're in it and say the station next to you is getting fucked. I mean, as a cook, this is a cook's perspective. Right. And the station next to you is getting fucked and your chef is screaming at them and it's right. just making everybody fucking feel yeah. like on edge. Yeah. Um, and like, but, but now you're the one doing the screaming. So it's all good. Try, you try not to though. Yeah. Like, I, it, chefs it's, scream less and you, less. You, you, you scream, like you get mad, you get heated and sometimes things cut, get to a higher decibel level than they, than they should be or right. they need to be. Right. Um, it's just sometimes, it, it just is what it is though at this point. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to separate that aspect of kitchen culture from the kitchen like it, I, it's right. never gonna fully it's go it's an away. aggressive place it's it, I mean it can be I mean there, I, there are some kitchens that I've seen or I've noticed that are very lenient and light, laid back and kind of well I guess I guess the apart. executive chef sets the tone I think any, anybody you said a culture, in, a right. culture or per, I, I, I think of our restaurant that I think I believe that the walls has its, has a personality I believe oh, right. that it has an inherent personality that stems from from the people at the top and works its way down as like a culture of philosophy to, right. to everybody that's there. Right. Like everybody understands what you're trying to accomplish. An attitude, and they, a personality. And, and they try to buy into that, that philosophy. Ted's philosophy is different than mine. Like his, the way he runs his kitchen is completely different than the way I In run my kitchen. 
Um, it's it's a little tighter. It's a little bit more. It's a little bit more like a well-oiled machine. Like ours is really really good. I'm I, and I'm just I'm nitpicking at this point. Like I I mine's, mine's cleaner. Don't forget. His, 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 is, his is two points better. Than We're mine. back to the floors. They have epoxy on them. They're very it's, well it's sealed. Just, it's just different. Like I I. I know that we expedite differently. I yeah. know that he sta- he he's, is mostly at the pass finishing plates and sending them out to the floor. I work a station with a cook pretty much all the time, and I plate everything on that station because I believe it's the most intricate station to plate. I, I, it's the hardest station for sure in the restaurant, and I think that me being there is more meaningful to my cooks if I was on another right. side. You're leading like, yeah, I, right I, with I, them. I feel yeah, that, I, but that's the way that I feel. I agree with Joel 100%. I think like I would love to be in the position Joel's in. And in a few times in my restaurant, I've been able to do just that. But I think what's hard is that um, it's when we get busy, My the rest of my team I don't think is comfortable enough to run Expo for like a 200 cover night right. type thing. You need to be and out like, there. So you know, the front of house team has asked me to, to be at the pass, but... You know, I am I, I am jealous of chefs like Joel that I see that who get to do that because like I love cooking, you know, right. like when I could have someone else expo, I want to. But Joel's right. Unfortunately, like if I'm there five nights a week, I'm probably running expo four nights a week, three nights a week. Definitely on the busy nights I'm running expo. And those are the nights that I wish I was more in the kitchen. Um, but, you know, like we have to play to our strengths. Like my my Sue and my CDC are really great at working one on one with the with my cooks. And so I trust them to do that. Um and, and I run Expo and it's, you know, it is what it is. Like I'm, I do hope that one day I don't have to run Expo anymore. Um, and I could do exactly what Joel does, but you know, my restaurant's also newer than Joel's and he's had a bit more time to develop his crew than I have with mine. So maybe in another year and a half when, when kind of my restaurant's the same age, hopefully I'll be at the same place he well, is too. Well, for, for us, like we've been more fortunate in, in the sense that we've had an ex, uh, a runner, Rodolfo, who is amazing. Shout out to Rodolfo, Shout whom, Rodolfo. whom I love dearly. Um, who is who has been with us since the beginning? Since before I've I actually was even in the restaurant, and I expedited just like Ted did, just finishing plates, sending them out, making sure that things were coming out on time, temps were right, blah 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 blah. And um, after a while, I decided that I wanted to be in the kitchen and that I had to hand it over to somebody else. And I wanted my chefs to also be in the kitchen. We tried it for a while where some of the other sous chefs would expedite and stuff. But I think that our strength is with handling the actual food before it goes out. I believe that I'm the best cook. I believe my sous chefs are better cooks than my cooks, and so on and so forth. Right. So um, you have so, the hierarchy exactly. So how you I want. was, but I was also able to have this person that has been with us for so long, who understood me, who understood what I wanted, who understood how to finish everything. That I that I just basically was like, you are doing this job now, and I trust you with it. And he's and he does it. He does a great job. You need with to it find too. a Rodolfo. Yeah, I mean, actually, what's funny is when we were building the restaurant, we built the pass for that reason, like so that we could, like, a front of house person could run Expo on the front side, and we don't have to. Um, But you know, we just we haven't we we don't have a Rodolfo yet. You know, we 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 we're close, Um, but you know, I think as being a newer restaurant too. We're starting to finally get in our groove. When did you guys open? A year and a half ago. And I I know that a year and a half is a long time, but in the life of a restaurant, it's still, you know, you're still just settling into your groove. And I think what's happened is a lot of our really great runners have moved up now into being servers and stuff like that. So, you know, because we opened for brunch, so a lot of people moved up. Um, And so I think we're starting to get to a point where we're seeing more consistency in that area. And so... um, I think that hopefully soon we should be at a, a point where maybe I don't have to run Expo anymore. So if you I were can... to take the position like Joel does, you wouldn't have anyone out there to do what you're currently doing. 
No, I mean, I would have just like Joel said, I would have a runner do it. I would right. have, I would have like a designated expo position on the front of the house because you know, in the end, all they really are doing is firing things as they come up and kind of keeping track. Right. The important thing is that the food tastes great and looks great, and that's I think the better the better area for a chef to be is not necessarily telling people when to pick up food, although that's important, but it's to make sure the food is what it should be. Right. You know? I mean, I th you have the more control you have over something the better in my mind. And if you can taste something like before it's even like you can taste something when a whole plate comes out to you, you can taste right. elements of it. Right. But if you can feel a scallop or if you can taste uh, something that's been sauteed or if you can, if you can see a temp before it happens, before it gets sliced, before it gets put onto a plate, um, I think it's more impactful for the customer like that. But that's just what I believed. I, th I used to think that being a chef was about being just the expediter in front of the kitchen and just right. telling and just basically see that delegating lot. and just being like, you do this, you do this, pick this up, pick this up. And you can do that, which is fine. And it works. There's a, there's people who do that extremely effectively. Um, it just wasn't necessarily what I wanted to be for myself. Plus it helped me like be more involved with my cooks and I lost a little weight. You look great. Let's talk about that. Let's Damn. talk about Ted. No, Ted's lost twenty five pounds. Ted so looks have good you. as hell, folks. Uh, Ted no, no, looks no, good but, as but like, hell. But like Ted, like for a for a forty three year old man. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a year older than you, dude. Motherfucker, I am thirty two. A real oh, okay. 32. I'm thirty five. Thirty two and a half. Yeah, I'm thirty five. You look good. You. you look lean. You look fucking not lean yet, but working on you it. You look mean. No, you do look good. I I I think that uh. I think Ted is probably the most attractive person at this table. There you go. I think that I think so too. I think actually, I, I yeah. thought that you thought that's that. A, that's but a good I just statement. wanted to be on the right side of history yeah, right now. No, I mean it's truth. It's not really debatable at that point. Yeah. I I wanted to talk about like we were talking about like you know expediting versus your position. Like what what do you think is like the most important? And and both you know both the Wallace and the the Bellwether are newer restaurants. Like yeah, what do know, you think we've is been there the for most? Three years. That's well, a, that's but a like pretty decent time. But like, what is the most important element in terms of like maintaining consistency? Because I feel like there's so many restaurants that are like good, and then you and then like they somehow like stop being good. Like, is that just like a function of like the chef like not maintaining the leadership role like he should, or like the Cons culture of the restaurant? Consistency comes from a lot of different areas. First, it comes from trust. You have to trust the people that that you work with. Right. You got to build a team. Do the things that I mean, because you can't do everything yourself. Um, but just check, checking everything, tasting everything, and, and following up on stuff is the, is the best way to check for consistency, saying not accepting something that, that is imperfect necessarily. Like right. if, you, if, it's, if there's a teachable moment, you should take the opportunity to teach it. Like if a puree is not completely smooth or something is cut like a little bit like against, like against the grain or, with, or whatever, like, you know, you can, you, you can actually like do something about that instead of getting mad be like i'm gonna show why maybe but I, I think to your question though i think the answer is is even more than that i mean you're asking like restaurants will cause them to not be great anymore i think yeah. that both the walls and the bellwether and a lot of other restaurants it's not exclusive right. are are built to always be changing you know like the restaurants are seasonal but not overly ambitious they're they're at a good point where we could change dishes once a month, one dish here, one dish there, once every two weeks, whatever. It's a very doable thing. I think that, you know, again, when I was working at Lakshan and Father's Office, one of the things we would talk about is, you know, in this business, stagnation is death, you know? Yeah. Um, so what happens if, if chefs don't change? 
the the rest of the culinary world is still advancing always and so if you don't change even if you were great two years ago it doesn't right. mean you're gonna be good now right I think the restaurants that have proven to be very successful um, are restaurants that can keep up that adaptation of it like restaurants that aren't afraid to involve some you know different new techniques old techniques new flavors old flavors and again I think that both um, Joel and I and and again a lot of other chefs do a really great job of that and that's something that we talk about with the Bellwell all the time is we have to make sure that as it's starting to form its identity as a restaurant that part of that identity is the change and so when people come in they'll still be able to get the meatballs which we put on a few months after right. opening but also a brand new dish that's you know maybe only on for this season maybe only for a few weeks or maybe it's on for longer but I think that that's what helps keep the restaurants very successful so that you could go to this restaurant now you could go back in six months and it'll, you'll have a whole different new experience but go still within year. the context exactly. of what you liked about the bellwether exactly and hopefully even better because what you know i i'd like to think that we are progressing as chefs also so the dishes that joel and i are putting on the menu now are hopefully better than what we we're putting on the menu two years ago right so that when someone comes back in six months they don't just have the same experience they have a better experience because like oh my god this new dish that you guys had was the best you know whatever dish i've ever had in my life and so that i think is what makes the restaurants successful yeah like a comedian who you know you have like proven material but you also always want to be growing and writing new exactly. stuff you, can, you know you can't stagnate obviously well the, the mentality in that in that aspect i mean for for myself is that like when you get to a point some people have this conception that because you are busy or were busy that you'll always be busy right. or you'll always be popular. That's not like true. one good review will will right. make you viable forever. That's not true. And and I and like a lot of people take that take a perspective where you're only as good as the last thing that you put out. The last thing that went to a table yeah. and that's the only way to get better and better and better and better and better. Um, you have you you're only you as good as your you last just, set, bro. You can't just like you're, you're you're only as good as the last joke you told. And mm -hmm. if that joke bombed, you're not very good. Right. But if that joke was great, you know you have that that air of confidence to keep right. pushing forward. Um, you know we try to take that that mindset. Like like today today could like today could be the last day. Today right. could be like the start of the downfall. What are we gonna do to make sure that we're we're not like staying stagnant right. or we're not we haven't plateaued? Get, you can't get complacent. Yeah, you can't get complacent. You and you have to think about you have to think about the future. You have to think about six months, a year, two years from now. Like what's gonna happen? Like is this restaurant model gonna work in a, in a year or two or three or four like things are gonna change very rapidly especially for the restaurant landscape in los angeles and throughout you know the united states what do you think um i mean what do you think about that like when you think about five six years seven years down the road in terms of like the changing landscape i mean obviously we got trump in office now like 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 you know even disregarding that like what, what are your thoughts on just like the overall like your long-term plan like thinking about five years down the road. I mean, we we've ha we have a slight contingency plan for ourselves in the way that we pay people, which which I don't have to, we don't have to discuss. Right. Um. It's it's very fair and it's very legal, and uh. It's just it's and it's like a way to just kind of you know help out our guys more and make them feel more appreciated as minimum wage goes up and all these other things. Right. Um, but it's going to be at the, almost at the dismay of the customer because they might start seeing maybe charges or rising prices on menus that they're not necessarily comfortable with, not expecting, um, or, 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 or anything else. Um, so we have like, uh, we have plans for the next year or so, two years, even like maybe three years out where we can kind of finagle some stuff around and it won't really impact 
you know, our bottom line too much. Okay. It's still going to impact us, but it's not going to be like catastrophic where we're just like, man, next year we're going to have to, like, I'm sure some restaurants are having the discussion right now where it's like, we won't be able to be open in a year because we know that this model can't succeed with the way that things are changing. It's just, it just doesn't work. So customers are going to, you know, I mean, the market, expect to see the market dictates up. everything. I right. mean, you, you can be a great chef and you can have great ideas, but, if, but if your prices are too high and or if the people don't, don't want it, it doesn't matter how good you are. Right. Ted, what, what would yeah, you, I mean, your long-term projections? Well, I think that, you know, everyone's been talking about the restaurant bubble bursting, yes. you know, and I think that that is definitely a topic um, that comes up a lot. Um, you know, I think... Give us that hot take. Yeah, I Give think the projections are really just like, you know, I think profitability of restaurants will go down. I mean, already people across the nation are reporting that, yeah. like, their profits are going from 10% to 3%. And... You know, everyone's saying like you'd have to be an idiot to open a restaurant, and it's a now. hard business, even yeah. in the best of years. Right? I mean, if the you think about like thin. think about making three percent profit, it's like what are you even in business for oh, yeah. at that? You know, um, and so I think that that's going to be. I think that that's going to weed out a lot of places. So I think it'll be twofold. I think that you're going to see a lot of places, and we have seen already a lot of places closing for right. the exact reasons Joel said: is they can't keep up with labor, they can't keep up with. I mean, food costs are going up, rent costs are going up. So our costs, every cost a restaurant has in general, are just going up. Mm -hmm. Some restaurants that have been around for a while and are, are, you know, great community places with that low price point, they just can't compete with that. Right. And so I think that places like that will go under. And I think that places that are able to capture that that good audience of faithful customers, great food, great service, I think that they won't necessarily, you know, reap the benefits of, but they they will suffer through, you know, um, and then come out on the other side. And I think that the models of restaurants are slowly changing, like, you know, less front of the house because the minimum wage thing. I think that there's definitely a push of going to more serverless type That's casual, counter service. I mean, look at like popular. every every great chef these days is opening up a fast casual. I mean, and <laughs> it, it'll definitely would continue. You, would you ever think about doing that? Oh, 100%. Sure. I mean, we, I mean, we, are, we, are, we are, I mean, I think we both have projects that we work on yeah, I mean, that have to do yeah, with fast Joel casual. Yeah, Joel and I talk all the time about yeah. stuff like this because... You know, if you think about it, like, you know, at, we spend in our labor percentage wise an equal amount in front of the house and back of the house, right. done, you know, by percent. And, you know, if you're telling me that I could um, literally cut my labor in half by creating a serverless model, that? like, wow, yeah. that sounds great. I'd love to make that extra percent to the bottom line. Um, and so I think that that's a question that a lot of chefs are going to be looking at as, you know, restaurants evolve is, you know, how important is it to have that, um, that traditional front of the house model of bartender, bar back, you know, server, buster, I think someone's host, changing runner. the game on that one too. I forget. Don't say it. No, yeah, don't no, say no, it. Never mind. Anyway, yeah. um, this is some inside <laughs> chef shit, guys. We, we had a. Did you see us looking at each other's eyes and <laughs> sparkle? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, they want to talk I, shit so bad, guys. I can see it in their eyes. We're but I have to do like podcast after they're yeah. themselves. But I do think the that that show. yeah that model is changing a lot, and so it's just it's curious, you know. Like I've been reading a lot of restaurant reviews where critics are saying very similar things. It's like you know restaurants these days. They have to either be ultra cheap in the community or really edgy and be a destination. It's hard to hit that middle ground. Right. Like I read a restaurant review by in LA Weekly a few weeks ago, and she was saying exactly that is like you know there's a local restaurant and it's got a crab cake on the menu at eighteen dollars. 
which at $18, I can't, well, and it's like, I don't want to go there twice a week. You know, that's a once a month type thing, special occasion, but at the same time, a crab cake is not nearly exciting enough to get people to, you know, come up from the LA basin into Eagle Rock. It's not a destination appetizer. So it's like that restaurant doesn't really hit either one of those. And so where, what's going to happen with that restaurant? The problem is that a lot of people believe that a restaurant has to fulfill some kind of criteria in order to be exciting or in in order to can't just be a good solid restaurant. I mean, a lot of people really, really care about like certain outlets that they probably shouldn't like Yelp is an okay way to find out some information about something, but it's nothing that people should be basing an entire, their entire decision on. Yet they still the do tyranny of because Yelp it doesn't fulfill the criteria that they have that a restaurant should have, which is it needs to have four stars on Yelp, and that's the first like measure of if a restaurant's good or not. I agree. I agree that Yelp is like a good place to get like facts, like if it's open or and if something has a ton of good <laughs> yeah. reviews. Is it's it like, open for lunch? Yeah, it's like, Does do they it take, exist? Do they take credit cards? Is there a full well, li- liquor bar? You know, what's funny too is we get people who come in who get really mad because we change the menu, right? And so people come yeah, in and be like, I read about this dish on Yelp. Price. I want to order. We're like. Well, the we server's like, well, the chef took it off the menu yeah, like two months ago. Five months ago. Well, why can't I get the Brussels sprouts? Well, because it's fucking springtime and they're <laughs> not growing right now. And so, someone actually told us, like, well, I could go down the street and get them at, you know, it's this like, other place. And we were go. like, then go there because <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. getting them from Chile right yeah, now. Like, exactly. we just don't want Chilean crops. I'm sorry. Also, anyone who, like, goes on Yelp all the time and writes tons of reviews, that's a bad person. Anyone who has, like, 10 plus reviews on Yelp, it's just like. We get people who come in, they're like, I'm a Yelp elite. We're like, no, good for you. I I think here I don't disparage them from doing that because if they want to do that and they believe that's in their best interest, that's fine. Be you, do whatever you want. Him, her, they, who cares? (laughs) Right. Just (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck? Smoke is coming out of Ted's ears right now. Um, We're off the rails, folks. That's that's fine. You can you can be whoever you want. Right. But like. But like, if you're a prick about it, like if you're like, I'm a Yelp, like an right. elite Yelp, yes, or yes. I, when if anyone has ever said I'm an elite, this, yes, no. like if, if if Ted ever walked into another person's restaurant and said, um, Ted Thompson, table for two, I'm a chef, you'd be like, fuck no. you, yeah, man, you'd be like, I don't fuck want you. you in here because you're the, a fucking. Dick. I do that at the Wallace all the time. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, I'm a sh- I'm an executive uh, chef. Have Ted you seen my tattoo? Have you heard about no, me? But, the, the, but I, we, I have ha- we have had people. I have had people that have come into the restaurant in a chef coat. And oh yeah, we do. That's ridiculous. And and, and, and and it's just like and it's and if you don't, it's like and if you don't say, oh, hey, are you a chef somewhere? At some point, they're, inevitably, they're gonna be like, oh, by the way, this is where I work, or this is what I do, or this silly, is who dude. I am. We, we actually had a guy come sit at the kitchen counter one time, and he ordered a whole bunch of food. And you know, when someone does that, you kind of start getting the inkling that maybe this person is right. an industry person. Right. And so before any of us had a chance to, to say something, I was like, I'm helping an industry a, person. No, I was like helping a cook like plate something at a station. He's sitting right in front of me, and he's like. Hey, I'm a chef. And I was like, cool. Okay. Cool. And he told me, he told me where he works. Um, and I was like, great. And he's like, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I used to work at the, he listed right, like a few right. places he oh, used to God. work at. And I was like, okay. You know, and he's like, I think you're doing a great job here. And I was like, Wow. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Thanks, that, that means everything Thank you. to me. Yeah. I'm gonna sleep so good tonight. Now. Exactly I, I can't. Thinking. I can't. I can't. See, I can't imagine. But what's then what's worse, funny that is or like, a guy like I'm gonna leave. All my, yeah, that, all my cooks happen? are like, dude, look at that douchebag over there just announcing that he's a chef. Does <laughs> <laughs> it ever happen in the com- uh, like a comedy show where like you tell a joke and afterwards some guy like hits you up? 
hey, hey, uh, by the way, I'm also a comedian, and that joke was fucking you know, hilarious. It would, be more, it would be more like after the show where someone comes up to you and they're like, well, you know, I actually do comedy too, and I got a couple of ideas for you. Like, that would kind so, of be the, actually, oh, I get that all the time. I, I yeah. actually had somebody come up and tell me what I had to do. Oh, God. At the past, they're yes. like, like, oh, do you have this on the menu? And be like, oh, no. Like, this is what you have to do. What you was have it? To, it was oh, uh, Brussels sprouts, God. actually. Oh, no, I got a better one. <laughs> the some public guy, demands Brussels, you some guys. Guy they will never put it on they the want menu. I have this guy who comes in maybe once a month with his wife and a few months ago when we were still you know summertime I don't know he was like hey chef and I was like yeah and he's like you know I've been coming here for a year and I was like yeah awesome he's like oh, yeah. you guys need to add something on your menu no. if you want to pick up all of the locals no. and I was like I mean it was pretty busy tonight you know <laughs> yeah, like, and he was like I was so you know you and those people you're like oh what's that he's like a chili size and I was like what he's like you know an open-faced chili burger everyone will come in if you had a chili size on the menu everyone, and, everyone, and, I, everyone or you and I was like sitting there I'm like Okay, I mean, I'll think about it. He's what, like, like because chill, like chili. He was the like, restaurant? he was like, you make <laughs> no. you make good food, and I bet you would make good chili to put on top of a burger. And oh, I was like, chili on a burger. And I was okay. sitting there, I was, I was like, like okay, yeah, I I'm gonna put that right on the <laughs> menu right, right now. Yeah, <laughs> let me just write that yeah. down. Let start me, putting. Could chili you give me your grandma's recipe thing. too, like, bro? The locals out here, we've been talking, and it's like you don't. Ca- you got to get some chili up in here. We, we, he was we, like, you had one empty seat at the kitchen counter day. It would have been full if you would have chili. chili. Like, we, we have customers <laughs> that come in and if they talk to us or they talk to general manager, they'll be like, you need to bring this back. Like this item that we took off like years ago. Right. Like, Call you need to bring Caesar. this back if you want to keep having people. Like, well, you seem to keep coming back in. So I think right. we're going to keep just doing what we do. Don't right. worry about us. Why don't you just worry about yourself? Yeah. Did you enjoy the new dishes? Uh-huh. Well, shut the fuck up then, man. Cheers. Elite Yelpers out there. You're on fucking notice. You're on blast. Pull your yeah. shit together. We will. I feel it. like I feel like this is a, a good spot to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, Ted. We shit on everyone we need to. Yeah, we shit on everyone you we need to. You guys didn't talk shit take on that anyone. Yelp. Your move, internet. I just, I just can't imagine <laughs> how, how small how small Don't your worry, life the president's is. gonna shut it down. Don't worry. <laughs> when you're like when you're like, I'm an elite yelper and it feels so good. Like your life is small and sad. Oh, dude, I, we I had, imagine that they're like uh, in like a Rambo-esque like a garb smoking a cigarette. It's like we, I'm we had someone come I got in. a lot of influence out there. <laughs> we had someone come yeah. in and she she sat at the kitchen counter and she was like, she had a few things, she's taking pictures, and she was like waved me over. I was like, Yeah, she's like, Could you set this down for me again? I want to get a picture oh of my, my blog. God. And I was like, oh Okay, God. here you go. And she, I like and taking pictures. She was of like, food, she's like, is, I no. am a restaurant critic. And I was like, wow, okay. She's like, I review all the places up and down Ventura Boulevard. I was like, wow, great. And she like handed me a business card no. with her blog. And, and, and her, her yelling, like, like, yelp Judy Wolfson person. I won't say the name of the blog, but I went, like, I immediately I gave it to Anne Marie, my partner, and I was like, let's see if this person's legit, because if she is, like, you know, it's good to know. Yeah. So we go to her Instagram. 34 followers. Oh, my God. Go yeah, to her blog. 34 of the most <laughs> yeah. loyal followers yeah. they on the listen planet. to me. Go to they her blog, and it's got, re- like, 50 followers in the, all in Romania or something like that. Oh <laughs> and I'm just like, well, Romania is a hotbed of <laughs> yeah. culinary action right now. <laughs> they're they're buying their tickets to go to the Valley they right now. <laughs> they love Brussels sprouts. They love Brussels sprouts in Romania. When you got nominated for James Beard Best Food Restaurant of the Year? Oh, We're going that. to the Bellwether. I read about it in a Romanian <laughs> blog. They have chili on their menu. They're Let's fucking go. This chef's going to make me a chili size. Fuck all you. Look, they have... Brussels covered in chili. It is the best. You oh, gotta get that's there. That's our new pop-up Holy dish. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> chili, 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 Brussels. Cheese, chili, Brussels. Brussels. chili cheese Brussels. Chili cheese Brussels. Brussels. Brussels dude. On pizza. On <laughs> pizza. <laughs>
<laughs> See, the little thing you don't know is my favorite food in the world is chili cheese fries. Joel's is pizza. And so we often <laughs> joke that we're going to make a chili cheese fried pizza. pizza yeah. Now it's got Brussels on it because it's healthy. It. Hipsters love Brussels. I'm so Hipsters glad. I'm so glad we figured this out. Fair trade. We'll call it the hot Carl. Chili cheese Brussels <laughs> pizza. <trade>. Single origin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it the hot Carl and we're good. So. <laughs> Boom. There it is. Boom. That's awesome. So, All right. Ted, well, thank you so me. much for joining us. Yeah, I man. feel like we got to the bottom of a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, we'll talk about your insecurities. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not coming back ever again. I'm going to have nightmares about that Blade Runner poster now. <laughs> well, thanks right. for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks, bud. Okay. Uh, all right. That, that's it for this week. Uh, I'll see you guys soon.